Before we start start the song, I always want to wonder, like, when you type in a song on Spotify and it's like 2015 remaster, what does that mean? Other than it was remastered in 2015, it is remastered in two, <laughs> 2015. Um, te- as technology grows, sometimes mm-hmm. you can, like, I almost kind of consider it like you know when they like analyze like ancient bones yeah. and they can't really tell things about it because the technology hasn't caught up. Now they can take like older recordings or more classic recordings and use the modern sensibilities of today's technology to make them um, better for the mediums of today. So basically it just means somebody uploaded this into a computer program, put low air on it, right? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of of low air. (laughs) Let's check it out. Let's, Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. This bass playing is fucking insane. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. All fingers, baby. Gotta love the like this is super wide pan guitar. Oh yeah. I mean when you have two guitar players who can play this well together. That drum fill that just goes. I love that um bass rhythm that they're famous for. You'll take my life, but I'll take yours too. <laughs> you fire musket, but I'll run this guy's too. voice, man, is so awesome. Because he can just, it's up there, and then he can take it to a whole other level, too. For me, he's, I'm going to go ahead and answer this the question. Yeah. He's MVP. Oh, you think so already? Definitely. Wow. Yeah, he gives it a lot of dramatic character. Yeah. And this part cool phaser going on somewhere yeah. right on the vocals you think i think the background backgrounds yeah it's like so hard to sound this tight and this chaotic definitely back then yeah. recording this yeah. yeah it's like iron maiden so cool that they strike this line between being a heavy metal band and a punk band i think as You're well right. as anybody ever did it right because it's fast like punk right um you know, it's it's thinner too. Like yeah. they're all playing strats yeah. and like a P bass. They're not on like eight string no, uh, no, no, PRS no. or what, what do metal dudes play? Kramer. Yeah, like Ibanez is the, Ibanez, is the yeah, biggest yeah, yeah. ESP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson's like the classic. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, they do straddle the whole punk. Yeah, because it, it's fast and has the punk energy, but it's silly like heavy metal. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. they shred. Like these guitar solos are awesome. I was obsessed with Iron Maiden in high school. Obsessed. I can sing every note of these solos. <laughs> Just makes me want to drink nine beers. I know, right? Interesting yeah. harmony. And then comes the second guy. A little bit more of a hard rock solo. As opposed to like the yeah. neoclassical. But still some moves. Like this part coming up is like... Oh yeah. Or some early whammy ball. Or dive bomb. Yeah, that's yeah. And this part rules. Just that harmony. It's crazy. This band gets a lot out of just playing five, playing six, five, four, those chords. Yeah. Yeah. 
like the drummer too. It's like he's Dude. he's ex, he's accentuating all the good beats. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I remember reading the Motley Crue biography of the Dirt, and they're talking about how they were so stoked to go on tour with Iron Maiden because they were like, "Oh, these guys rage and like we're gonna have fun, getting fucked up all the time." And they're like, "All Iron Maiden wanted to do was talk about 18th century history and fence." And I was like, love it. <laughs> never meet your heroes. I can't. Yeah, never meet your heroes. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast where we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they were recorded. Love this little outro part. Um, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today we're talking about The Trooper by Iron Maiden. Released on the 20th of June in 1983, it's the second single from the band's fourth album entitled Peace of Mind, which is a great album. How'd they spell peace? Peace, they spelled it um, not like the world peace. (laughs) (laughs) Peace of Mind. (laughs) It peaked at number uh, 28 on the charts in the US and number 12 in the UK, which is pretty insane for a heavy metal song. Yeah, of course. It's not like a widely accepted, like popular music, especially during this time. Yeah, yeah. What year again? um, 1983. Yeah. So to to hit number 28 on the US charts is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, It became one of the group's most popular songs and The Trooper was written by bassist Stephen Harris and produced by Martin Birch. So they had the same producer for like many, many years, basically, from the beginning they were more like a family oriented kind of thing yeah and the formula is right yeah and it's interesting that the bass player writes all the songs just want to throw that uh, out yeah, there yeah He's, did you get that meme i sent you the other day about uh, the bass player no 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 oh, you gotta watch it it's so funny <laughs> it's your, what is it about it was like it was a video of mike tyson saying i broke my back yeah. And the captions, like when the bass, bass player like <laughs> established all the beats or no, something. It was he, so funny. He's the founding member of this band. The only oh, guy who's been in it the whole time. Wow. Yeah. I remember watching videos of, of him as a kid, like playing the bass line to this song and whistling the guitar harmonies Yeesh. while he played. Dude's amazing. Plays with his fingers. Sick. Um, really unique tone for a bass player. We'll get, yeah. in, we'll get into that later. Um, very trebly. The song, The Trooper, is based on the Charge of the Light Brigade which took place during the Crimean War. (laughs) These guys are so interesting. They're so nerds, right? Yeah. Metal's kind of goofy, isn't it? So what, do we have any info about the Crimean, the Crimean, Crimean, Crimean War? Let's check it out. I guess There's like one happening right now. Yeah, I I think this one, maybe this is spelled differently. Like it's not like Crimea, Ukraine. I don't think so. Mm. Um, Mm. But uh, it was a military conflict fought in 1853 in which Russia lost to the Ottoman Empire, France, the UK, and Piedmont, Sardonia. So this is like pretty like Western yeah, yeah, versus this is, Eastern. Yeah, this is a big time thing. Yeah. Um, something about the church. Some sort of lightning charge. Some, yeah. Charge of the Light Brigade. What is that? The I've heard it before. Brigade. Um, damn, we're really getting into it. We're, it's, if only we had a member of Iron Maiden here to, to explain tell it, to this. Explain yeah. it. <laughs> um, so during live performance of this song, which if anybody's listening, you haven't seen Iron Maiden live, you should. But fortunately, you can check it out on YouTube right. as well. Um, they're ridiculous, their performances. Yeah, Have course. you ever seen any of this shit? No, Dude, no, no, no. I would implore everybody listening and you to check out the Rock in Rio, the one in Brazil. Because they play to 400,000 people. Sheesh. And Brazilian people, like, they know music. They get it. You know, we took that trip to Brazil. 
um, on our map quest yeah, on yeah. their Patreon. We learned, but they're all like singing the guitar harmonies for the mm. trooper. So it's like 400,000 people going, and it's like epic. But during live performances of this song, the lead singer, Bruce Dickinson, uh, he dons a classic red coat, British military uniform, Sick. and waves the Union Jack flag all, oh, all nice. while like hitting the the high notes. That's so funny. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know how much you know about Iron Maiden or if you've ever heard this. There is a documentary out there called Flight Six Six Six, which is about them, right? But in particular, it's about the fact that they own a commercial plane, right? That the lead singer flies. Yeah. He flies the band and all their families and the crew to every gig. Yeah. How fucking awesome is that, dude? I only knew that from Reddit. Yeah. Oh, really? Somebody I saw put, that on yeah. Reddit. I did know that fact where he had, they have their own plane and he's the guy that fucking flies. Dude, them. it's like, if you want to, if you really want to make yourself useful as a lead singer, be a, be the fucking pilot. It's like the, the dude who's like, I drive the band to the gig. It's like, I fly the band to the yeah. gig. And I get up there and sing. And I get up there and sing and then just get back on the plane. I don't have to tear the drum kit down now, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys are on your own. <laughs> that part sucks. I know. Although this drummer, um, a, a guy named Nico McBrain, which is one of the best <laughs> nice. names of any drummer. Nico McBrain. Yeah, he, um, he doesn't use a double kick pedal. Ooh. He just goes fast. Damn, How do man. you do that? There's there is a method to it, and I remember watching my roommate in college who was a drummer kind of like learn it and do it, where like you're almost instead of pushing down the pedal like you're like yeah. going like that, you're actually like sliding it. Oh, you're like okay. doing like this weird slide thing. With so it's your like foot. the way you cut vegetables. You're changing kinda. the way you cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly the way to do it. It's like this weird way that they do it to make it do that. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's do a couple bit more a couple bit more piece of trivia, and then let's just dive into the mix because yep. mix heavy metal mixing is one of the most interesting things I like to think oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, a couple of last things. Iron Maiden unveil unveiled a beer named Ooh. after this song in 2013. Oh yeah, called the Trooper Ale. 4.8% alcohol. Right, I, I know that, about this. What do you think about, uh, how, mu- how much percentage do you want in your beer? Uh, I feel like 4.8 is the sweet spot. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say a flat five. Yeah, oh, nice. Flat, flat five. five. <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, fucking uh, Joe Pass beer, right? I, it might be. Flat, minor seven, flat five. Yeah, yeah it might be. Yeah, the flat five. <laughs> uh, um, damn, I, see, you know I like that weak ass beer. I would drink like 0.5% Oh, beer yeah, even like the 3.9. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's a, it's yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the mix of this. Um, how do they get... This is just a band. The only like weird mixing thing that I heard was uh, that weird kind of phaser yeah. on the back of vocals. Everything yeah. else just sounds like compression and EQ or whatever. It's yeah. not anything like... I, didn't, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some reverb, and, but I didn't really hear a lot of it. Right. How did they make a band sound so big without any of that shit sometimes when you don't have so many things you can Mm. actually turn up the things that you do have yeah because there's not all these things competing for all the same space when i listen to this song and you listen to like heavy metal today it's so contra in contrast because today there's so many layers it's so dense yeah you have to add in so many sounds just to kind of make everything seem big enough exactly and this sounds like a band being playing live recorded. Like it doesn't sound like tons of overdubs. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like tons of stacks. It sounds like there's one guy playing guitar on the left. There's one guy playing guitar on the right. You have the drums and the bass in the center and yeah. then the vocals. And like that is like the band. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like the two guitar players have the whole side spectrum to just do whatever they're going to want to do. 
and then the drums and bass can work together and then the vocalist who sings high doesn't have to worry about no he's kind of out of the way everyone's out of the way of everyone and even though the guitars are playing in the same frequency range yeah they're just they're panned so far away from each other they can they exist yeah yeah it's cool i want to talk about their guitars a little bit because like their guitar harmonies are so locked in yeah um how do you achieve that like i know i know like back then it's probably just playing together for hours and hours absolutely I always felt like Iron Maiden had such a great sense of like guitar harmony. Yeah. Um, And that's like one of the coolest things about their band is like these guitar parts just seem like they always existed. But like when you, when you record it, you have to make it sound different a little bit. And does that come from them? Definitely. Honestly, it probably comes from the gear that they use. Yeah. Like one guy might be using this guitar and this amp and this guy might be using this guitar and this amp, which kind of are inherently will give them just different timbres. Yeah, and then of course, like their hands are going to be different, but they need to be really close because they're playing so fast. Yeah, that the moment that they aren't really in sync with each other, it becomes a mess. Yeah, it becomes re- really sloppy. Yeah. They're so locked in. Like, yeah. and something that I think is really cool about this band is like the the rhythm section, the drums and bass. I guess sounds more like a punk rhythm section. It does. Um, and the guitars are straight up metal, and Definitely. the vocals are. <laughs> dramatic metal it's kind of like a circus yeah in a good way yeah yeah like a really well done circus like a Cirque du Soleil (laughs) where like these guys have spent so many hours like I can you can you can't just pick up the guitar and then do that with somebody yeah yeah like it takes meticulous practice to do those things it's not like singing vocal harmonies even if you're really even if you're really skilled on the guitar like it's like even if you know if, if if I were to take like somebody from like the dude in somebody from like an amazing current metal band like i'm trying to think of like a great modern guitar player like the dude from animals as leaders would he be able to link up with one of these guys like on a first take i don't think so because there's more to it like it's like it's like it's it's a back to the circus thing yeah if you have the guy who's like sitting on the chair and the guy's doing black flips on his legs or whatever like it's it's less about being a sick acrobat and being more like how well can you two work together that's and I could be wrong. I mean, these. I mean, Tosin. He's Abbasi, fucking amazing. He's so good. Yeah, it's I'm like sure I, he could do it. But it's it's more about the unit together. Yeah, yeah you know? which I think is is something that is really cool about Iron Maiden. Um, they always kind of feel like a real band. Yeah, and you get that sound that like maybe if you change some people around. I mean, they did have a different singer for the first two albums, uh, Paul Diano, I think, who was really good. But obviously, when Bruce Dickinson comes in. They kind of hit another level, and yeah. they don't have to pay for a pilot anymore. Exactly. So I feel it's like big, that that big, really big helps. Time, you know, time. they're really hurting for money. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, they're one of the biggest bands in the world. Um, yeah, still to this day selling out arenas in Brazil. Um, I've seen them live a couple times. Mm-hmm. Great show, man. Really, really over the top, ridiculous. Uh, so vocals for metal. How do you do it? This it's so funny how vocals have changed over the decades for mm-hmm. like metal music in particular were back in this era 80s it was all about the high vocal yeah like really belting out like the power the high like you know you were like the center you yeah. know we're now today it's more about the low the guttural the guttural low and it's kind of tucked in the back sometimes yeah. it's fucking hard to hear and it's more about the guitars being overbearing do you think that's like uh because of the technology like you used to have to sing have to sing high to actually cut through the sound. I mean, I, you could probably have recorded it, but like live at least, 
because most of the time that a band was playing back then wouldn't be in a studio, I imagine. It'd be like yeah. in rehearsals or it'd be like live. So you'd maybe natu- naturally gravitate towards singers being higher in pitch to like cut through. Yeah, I do think it is ab- about the technology in the medium in which records are being made. Not saying that like the, the mediums couldn't handle it, but I don't know. I, I think, but I, yeah. I think there's like, if we had, if we did like a case study, there's going to be a correlation with like, with every new advent in like recording medium technology, yeah. metal music, which has always been based on like technology. Like even when you go back to like Black Sabbath days, mm-hmm. which is not like a metal band, but it's like a hard rock band. I mean, they're, they're very obviously the first, the first metal band. Yeah. They, yeah, first yeah metal they band. started all this yeah. shit. It's like without. And I won't hear that Led Zeppelin is the first metal band. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but like without the technology of like being able to like overdrive electric guitars yeah. or have like these different types of pickups or each development in music technology physically pushed hard metal or rock into a new direction. You, do you think also like the eight, like 1983 metal seems more like a fringe nerd kind of thing definitely i mean because i mean it's very dungeons and dragons which which i remember i was and i was watching this weird documentary man it's killing me that i can't think of it was in dungeons and dragons was a big part yeah yeah it was talking about oh you know what this is what it was and this is going to get a little dark but i was listening about a (laughs) podcast about serial killers okay and they were talking about how, you know, serial killers really weren't like a big thing until like the 70s and 80s came. Yeah. Where like they started becoming really, really more popular. Mm-hmm. And the media and government and all these people were, you know, pigeonholing um, parts of pop culture as things that like influence people. Right, like violent video games violent in the vi- 90s. Same thing. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Marilyn and Manson. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. was like one of the things. The OG violent video game. Right, and so metal music kind of got thrown in there too because, mm-hmm. you know, kids that were really nerdy and into D&D may yeah. have been into like Iron Maiden. So I would absolutely say it's fringe music well, back then. The, the, oh, well, sure. Also back then there was that famous case where those kids uh, killed themselves because of a Juice pre-song. Oh, that I, was didn't like know, saying, I didn't know that. That was like saying, do it, do uh, it. And they were like, oh, it's about suicide. Obviously, Juice Priest won that shit. Yeah, Cru- that's Crushed that case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but nowadays, metal, um, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't say that it's like popular, but it's definitely not like associated with nerds anymore. No, it's not right? associated with nerds. I don't it's, know. It's associated with intensity, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Metal definitely like had its moment in like pop culture, like in the mid 2000s. That's, oh, because is that like... I, I know real metalheads are going to kill me for saying this, but is that like Creed and like Stained and like Corn and like those things? No, I'm saying even post that. Oh, you're talking about the new wave of this American new, like, heavy metal. The new American, the new Shadows Fall, yeah, Kill like Switch that's, Engage, that, that Lamb, of, Lamb of God. Yeah, where yeah. it really became really popular. Slipknot a little bit. Yeah, kind metal of music. Yeah. Um, but now I would still consider it a fringe um, a fringe, you but know, it went from thing. being kind of nerdy and goofy and about like the occult to maybe being more about just like aggressive shit, dude. Absolutely, because even think about what this song's about. It's yeah. about some historical charge <laughs> during some Crimean War, like, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like I feel like rock music got really dark in the late nineties, like yeah. around like the corn the and cor- all that yeah. stuff. Thing, like, it got really dark, and then when metalcore came around in the new wave of American metal mm-hmm. music, um, it was still dark, but at least it was accessible to audiences yeah, yeah. that wasn't like, it wasn't like, Oh, I want to kill myself type thing. No, you know? no. Well, who, who's so like, 
Iron Maiden was the biggest heavy metal band in the world for probably like a period of like 10 years. It's like either them or Judas Priest, depending on like w- which side you you set on. Yeah. I was an Iron Maiden fan forever over Priest, but now I'm starting to like Priest a little bit more as I get so older. So where, where does Judas Priest hail from? Also from uh, England. And, but, these, and, and Iron Maiden's like English. They're like, hey, we're fucking yeah, English. Well, they're both they're both on each other's corner, but I think Iron Maiden is from the West End. Got you. Yeah, so I was um, trying to get into yeah, the nuts yeah. and bolts. Like, and, and Judas Priest like is what from football Birmingham. Team are you Birmingham. Okay. Birmingham. Birmingham. I'm trying to say it as a British person, but I can't. Birmingham. It's like, so Southern. But uh, who's like who's got the heavyweight championship belt for metal right now? For right now, yeah. the championship belt for metal... Because I think it, I think what's also hard is it's so subgenre. Yeah, that's the problem with metals. Yeah, it's so back sub-genre-y. then I think it was there just weren't as many. Yeah, so they were all kind all of kind of thrown together, together, which is cool. I think that's probably good for the music moving forward. Yeah, because then you'd have people influence each other a little bit more. Yeah, because I was like, it goes from Priest and Maiden to like eighties, the thrash. The big four scene, yeah, right? Which this is, is like, like the Metallica, Metallica, Megadeth, yeah, Slayer, yeah. and Anthrax. Yeah, right. 100%. Big, big Slayer fan out of that crew. Hundred percent. Um, and then it's kind of like the weird '90s stuff. That's where you kind of get into like the Dimebag. Yeah, Pantera. Yeah, that's kind of '90s. Black Label Society. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, and then the new wave that we're talking about, and then well, there was the dark period. Oh yeah, where you have like the Nine Inch Nails, the mm, Corn, yeah, yeah, like the the dark stuff. And I don't know what's really going on now. Now it's very you're, progressive. You're more in the scene. So now is like the big one, maybe like uh, between the buried and me. They were. And at yeah. one point I would have considered them like the biggest metal band because they were, they were making gold records. Yeah. Yeah. Being a hard rock metal band. And then they just changed, they changed their sound and went yeah. with more of like a pop electronic. Weird. Gojira, thing. they're still kicking. Yeah, their their records fucking yeah, they're cool, really man. good. It did, it did get really progressive. It did. It became it just got really genty yeah. and progressive. It got to be uh, Dream Theater's influence, right? <laughs> I think a lot of these dudes have yeah. influence from Jim Theater. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're good. But I'm, you know, it's funny. A little side note before we wrap is yeah. so like Dream Theater. So John Petrucci's in Dream Theater, mm-hmm. and he has a nephew named Jake Bowen who plays guitar in a band called Periphery. Oh shit! I know huge, Periphery. Yeah, they're a, yeah. they're like one of the main yeah, names good. in metal, like metal gent, progressive metal. Yeah. And John Petrucci was talking about how um, he didn't realize that his nephew Jake was in periphery and actually remembers like Jake showing, like being like, Oh, I'm, in a, I'm starting to ban my friends. Da, 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 not realizing that it would go on to become like periphery, you know, <laughs> good for him. for That's not so funny. The connection. Uh, you know? good, for him, good for his nephew for not bothering him constantly being like, bro, can you put me on? I know. Can you put me right? on? That's what I was thinking. That's like, cool. That's, and the dude's fucking sick at guitar. Yeah. Like watching their playthroughs, I'm like, how the fuck do they? Do I know this some shit? of this shit is crazy. Yeah. Oh man, so MVP of the song, vocals. You man. got vocals. Got vocals on this one. Like, I'm, I'm without go- him, it's not happening. I'm going bass because I've never heard a bass player play like that. You didn't get to talk about his tone. Oh yeah, we'll talk about his tone. It's trebly. Yeah, it's weird. What's that? What's it, for metal? You're used to like deep pick bass, and this yeah. is just trebly finger bass. I think he maybe just maybe it, maybe it's just like I want it to sound like we're yeah. in the garage jamming. Yeah. this is how it sounds. Which I think actually does make their music more approachable and likable. I can vision yeah. their music. It's like the kid with like the white tee with the black sleeves, uh-huh. kind of the mullet, shaggy yeah. hair. It's like we're in the garage. I got the wristbands on my wrist and I'm just fucking want to rock. I like it. It makes them seem like very approachable bands, exactly. which, which really helps Exactly. It does. Yeah. Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast in real life. Tell all your friends. We're on Instagram, Patreon. Um, 
check out the Patreon page. We got a few different tiers. Not very expensive. We got exclusive content, full album reviews, um, Smasher Pass, Mac Quest. You don't know what these things mean, but if you know, you know. Um, we would love to have you on there, but thanks again for subscribing to this feed. Uh, I'll put a link to all of our stuff in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to this.